Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. Over the years, I have seen God do incredible things in my life and heal deep places in my soul through this simple discipline. And it's my hope that you will be inspired to incorporate this habit into your life, into your schedule. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad to have you here. Today, we're going to talk about using pain as an on-ramp to the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. Ever since last week, I knew that I was going to talk about this particular topic. It's just been in my heart, along with an entry called A Sword Shall Pierce Thy Soul. And I tried to record it the other day. It just wasn't happening. And today, I have had a very high pain day. I rarely am up in the night. And last night, I just had a very hard time sleeping, dealing with some worry and some fear. And God was so gracious this morning to have a friend text me. And she had been up in the night praying for the same situation. And God was just such a comfort to me in that moment to realize that I'm not alone in my pain and my challenges. And so I really felt just with the battle that I faced today of personal pain that it was confirmation that this is what I am supposed to share this week. Before I begin, I want to say very emphatically that I believe God heals broken hearts. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is a promise of his word, and that is one of the greatest things that I believe and believe it's most tenaciously that he sent his word and healed them and that the word of God heals broken hearts. So I do want to say that. I also believe that God does not want us to live in unresolved issues or to wallow in ongoing pain. But with that said, we do face pain in this life. We live in a broken world that was damaged by the effects of sin. We live in the ravages of the fall of mankind and all the curses that came upon us. And since the Garden of Eden, pain has been a common denominator of the human experience. We all face it in some way, shape, or form. I've learned a few things about pain. Not only do we all have it, but it comes in waves. I've had seasons where I really haven't dealt with much of it. And then I've had other times where it's sort of had a resurgence in my life and something triggers it or something pricks a deep uh, wound that maybe I didn't even realize was still there. And so there's seasons of rest and healing. And then there's other times where we come into these really difficult seasons I also know that some pain has a name. We can say, it's because I lost my grandma or I lost my mother or my house burned down. And there's other pain that's nameless. It's just this nebulous, ambiguous pain that clutches at the inside of your heart and almost wants to strangle you at moments. It's so intense and so severe. And so I do personally believe that the why of our pain is not as important as the response to our pain. The fact of the matter is that everyone's life and everyone's story is different. It's all going to involve pain, but our response to that pain 
is going to determine that pain's effect in our life. And pain will always have one of two effects. It will either sweeten and soften us or it's going to cripple and harden us. Really the only two options. And we get to decide. There's two options with pain in a response. You can either self-medicate, and this comes in so many forms. You can learn to manage it and cope with it and deal with it. You can learn to suppress it and stuff it down and ignore it. Or you can learn to party and have a great time and try to do ostrich in the sand and forget about it. Um, You can search for some sort of soothing, some sort of healing through other people, through relationships. But really at the end of the day, all these options, all these efforts to self-medicate cannot heal a broken heart and they really cannot resolve pain. The second option we have is to bring our pain to Jesus to deal with it in his presence, to process it verbally in prayer, to let his word be the medicine that it is. And this is how pain can become an on-ramp to the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. And it is in learning to use our pain and our struggle as an on-ramp that Jesus becomes so incredibly precious in our lives. He's a God who invites us to relationship with him when we are facing struggles, when we're facing challenges, when we're facing uncertainty, when our world has been rocked by loss, when we're facing hardship, when we're dealing with our own personal issues, when there's just this nagging sense of grief, he wants to know us there. These things can really become the birthplace of relationship with him. In pain, we identify with him. It says in Isaiah 53 that he is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. It says in another verse in the same chapter, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Jesus knew what it was to hurt. We see him on the pages of scripture weeping when Lazarus dies and weeping over Jerusalem and weeping in the garden of Gethsemane to the point that he sweat as it were great drops of blood. He is not oblivious to our pain. He identifies with us in our pain. I love Hebrews 4.15. It says, For we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He is so close in our pain. And again, we have the choice to try to manage it ourselves, try to fix it ourselves, or use this pain as an on-ramp to draw closer to him and find this identity point with him in the middle of it. There's just a couple of points that I want to make in using your pain as an on-ramp. Number one, wear down the path to his presence. Instead of allowing your pain to make you become bitter, hardened, toxic, Use that pain to pave a path to his feet. Wear it down. Go again. If you're up in the middle of the night last night, get up this morning and just make that path a little deeper. Cut that rut to his throne a little deeper. Number two, learn to see every twinge of pain as an invitation to fellowship. Anytime you start to hurt, Talk to God right in that moment. We can't always get alone with him and and pray right in that moment. But just any time you start to hurt, whether that is mental anguish, whether that's emotional pain, whether that is heartbreak that you do not even have words for, 
see that as an invitation from him to fellowship. There are so many people that they do not turn to God until they've hit a painful season of life. And he will not waste your pain. He will use it to draw you close to him. And number three, remember that your pain does not disqualify you from a relationship with Jesus. Rather, it really makes you a prime target for a relationship. He came to save, to restore, to heal those who needed restoration. He said in one place in the Gospels that he came for the sick, not for the well, not for those who had it all together. And so our pain does not disqualify us. I love Psalm 34, 18 that says, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. When our heart is broken, and that word broken literally means crushed to powder, he is close. He's near in that time. He's not turned off by your pain. He's not turned off by the fact that you don't have it all together. It literally has a magnetic effect on him when you acknowledge, God, I'm dealing with pain, and I don't know how to process this in my own humanity and my own capability, and I'm just going to bring this to you, and I'm going to cast my burdens on you like it says in Psalm 55, 22, and I'm going to cast my cares on you like Peter wrote in one of his epistles. That is literally magnetic for God. It has such a drawing effect for him. Our pain, no matter what its origin, truly can be an on-ramp to the, the most dynamic relationship with Jesus. And again, I just want to reiterate, little disclaimer, this is not wallowing. This is a bridge to wholeness. This is a bridge to life more abundantly, to the life and relationship that Jesus designed you for. And so again, just a few little thoughts on pain. I just want to leave you with that again. Wear down the path to his presence. Learn to see every twinge of pain as an invitation to fellowship. And remember that pain does not disqualify you from relationship with Jesus. Today, I'm going to read a little journal entry. And it's actually not too little. I apologize for that. But it's what's on my heart. It's called, A Sword Shall Pierce Thy Soul. The other day, I heard someone speaking about Mary and the shame and pain associated with her role as the mother of the Savior. Shame may be the wrong word, but definitely ridicule and assumptions from those around her who had not heard the words of the angel as he spoke, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. This is something I've noted and written about from time to time. Her promise came with the promise of pain. This day, Simeon's words came to mind. A sword shall pierce thine own soul also. Simeon doesn't just promise pain. As I looked at the verse in the Bible, I noticed something that I hadn't before. He promises pain with a purpose. Yea, a sword shall pierce thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts might be revealed. The pain of one was going to touch many. Her deep, personal, cutting, piercing pain was not without a reason. It was not without a point or a purpose. I am not exactly sure what so that the thoughts of many hearts might be revealed means exactly. I have looked back to the Greek and Googled and read every commentary I could find, but no clear picture. Most commentaries seem to gloss past that little line or give very little insight. 
Even without a clear picture of how they'd be affected, it is clear that her pain would touch many. It would impact others outside of herself. How Mary must have known pain, pain so deep that Simeon described it as a sword piercing her heart. The most tender and necessary part of her inmost being invaded and penetrated by searing pain. From the very earliest days of her story, pain was a feature. Pain of assumption and rumors, pain of Joseph wanting to put her away privately, pain of a long journey being great with child, and pain of labor with no attending nurses or physicians, no sweet mother whose hand to hold as her body ushered the infant Messiah into the world. The pain of wanting the best for her baby, yet having only swaddling cloths to wrap him in and a feed trough to lay him in. Pain of leaving anything familiar to escape a death threat from the reigning king and pain of raising a child for two years away from doting grandparents and the comfort of home. Pain from the fear of losing Jesus. In Luke 20, or Luke 2, 42 to 49, Mary said, Son, why have you de dealt with us thus? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing, and undoubtedly pain at the truth of his reply. How is it that you sought me? Wist you not that I must be about my father's business? Pain of what must have felt like rejection as she asked to speak to Jesus during the year of his ministry only to hear him say, who is my mother and who are my brethren? He goes on to say that the disciples are his mother and his brethren. And then there is that moment, a moment that must have been pain like no other. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, pain of watching her child be beaten bloodied and bruised, being killed as a common Roman criminal, a shameful, painful death in a common forum. How the prophesied sword must have pierced her heart as the sound of the crowd's chant, crucify him, crucify him, and the sound of the soldiers' hammers driving the nails pierced her ears. She knew he had done no wrong, yet there it was, ending like this. This moment must have been pain in its purest, most brutal form. Raw, pulsing pain, soothed only in part as Jesus sees her and asks John, his most beloved disciple, to care for her. Woman, behold thy son, and to John, behold thy mother. Undoubtedly, there are other moments of pain as well woven into the tapestry of her life but these are the painful scenarios that are plainly captured in the text of Scripture. A sword pierced her heart, but not without a point. Her pain would affect the many. The birth of her son, so fraught with scandal in the moment, would become the dividing line of all history. The death of her son would be the very thing that would bring hope to lost humanity. The sound of the pounding nails that rang in her ears would send shockwaves throughout eternity. The pain of watching her sweet, sinless son suffer and die would see salvation won for everyone. Her pain served a far greater purpose than she could fathom in the fleeting moments of her lifetime. The pain of one would impact many. And so it is with your pain, my pain, our pain is never pointless. Pain, when surrendered to God, and this is the key, 
becomes the very thing that allows us to live for more than self. Pain produces beautiful qualities in lives. Painful places become the birthplace of empathy and compassion. Crushing pain produces brokenness and anointing. Pain that is forgiven and released produces sweetness in a soul. Pain produces depth as it channels its way ever deeper into the heart of an individual. Pain works in ways and teaches things that could never be rivaled by a college degree or a case full of trophies and accomplishments. Pain and a proper response to it will purify and strengthen, just like a fire to gold or a kiln to clay. Pain is one of, is one of God's best tools and he always employs it in the lives of those he intends to use. Pain is never pointless. Pain is God's greatest producer. Some time ago, I heard a quote from Reverend Aaron Soto, who said pain is the story of the Bible. Over and over, again and again, story after story, this is the case. Every person whose life touched many hearts walked through painful seasons. The word is spoken to Mary, a sword shall pierce thine own soul also, so that the thoughts of many hearts might be revealed could have been spoken to any number of great men and women on the pages of scripture. Abraham, Job, Moses, Ruth, David, Hezekiah, Esther, Paul, Mary of Bethany, Peter, I'm going to allow you to endure excruciating pain so that your one little life will touch and affect many lives. After you've walked through and endured and forgiven and surrendered your pain in painful circumstances, you will no longer be living for self. Your life will be a life of impact. The sword in your soul will be for the hearts of many. This is how I work. Don't despise it. Your pain has a point. Press into it and let it press and crush you into me. Gene Edwards in his book, A Tale of Three Kings wrote, God did not have, but wanted very much to have men who would live in pain. One of the greatest reasons God uses pain is that it produces dependence. It forces and creates a reliance upon God that nothing else can. Waves of sorrow wash a soul into the shelter of his presence again and again. Pain keeps a person needy. It produces desperation and desire for the one who allowed it. Pain breaks us down so that he may be all through us. It makes us humble. It keeps us weak. Whatever pain you've endured or are enduring is not without a point. The sword that pierces your soul will touch others if you allow it to. Allow God to mold and meld through the medium of pain. Don't run from it. Let it push you into him and allow it to form him and you. With Charles Spurgeon, you will look back and say, I have learned to kiss the wave that crushes me into the rock of ages. Your pain will produce something so beautiful, it will touch the hearts of many. Just like Mary, the pain of one would impact many hearts. One day, maybe from eternity, you will look back and say thank you for the sword. I recently was reminded of a quote from George Matheson. 
And he was talking about Paul's thorn in the flesh and how we often see our cloudless days as the blessing. But he said the cloudlessness of the day is, this, is the great danger. And God's best gift is sometimes the thorn. He said, my God, I have never thanked thee for my thorn. I have thanked thee a thousand times for my roses, but not once for my thorn. I have been looking forward to a world where I should get compensation for my cross, but I have never thought of my cross as itself a present glory. Thou, divine love, whose human path has been perfected through sufferings, teach me the glory of my cross. Teach me the value of my thorn. Show me that I have climbed to thee by the path of pain. Show me that my tears have made my rainbow. Reveal to me that my strength was the product of that hour when I wrestled until the breaking of the day. Then shall I know that my thorn was blessed by thee. Then shall I know that my cross was a gift from thee. I shall raise a monument to the hour of my sorrows, and the words which I shall write upon it will be these. It was good for me that I have been afflicted. I don't know what you've walked through in your life or what you're currently walking through, but I just want to reassure you that God will never waste one speck of pain. He still bottles tears. He still files our prayers in golden bowls in heaven. He sees you and your pain can be an identity point with him. He wants to save you. He wants to give you counsel. He wants to comfort you and he wants to heal your broken heart. Thank you again so much for joining me for this journey. I'm so glad to have you here. If you have questions or if you'd like to download a typed or handwritten manuscript of today's entry, you can visit megunedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday. Happy Friday.